Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Pick and Play podcast. Today, I'm joined by Sauce Castillo Jr., Leo, Florida man himself. Uh, we're going to be breaking down our top five barbecue foods, plus our wish list for positions on who we want our teams to draft. Uh, we are going to be first starting off with the NFL draft. Leo, how are you holding up? Another quarantine edition of the podcast. I was hoping the last time that we recorded that that might be the last episode when we were stuck in our houses, but it looks like this might only be the beginning. Yes, only the beginning. Uh, I'm hoping we get a break in June. I'm hoping basketball returns sometime in May. Um, just give us something. I mean, I'm starving here without being able to bet on anything. I don't even know what kind of person I am. I feel like an upstanding citizen, and that's not who I was meant to be. Can you bet on the draft? Uh, you can bet on certain things, like how many quarterbacks are taken, so I'm going to be all over that kind of shit. Um, <laughs> but, somehow, yeah, huh? I know. People are like, oh, you know, you can bet on, like, table tennis. And I'm like, look, okay, it's not an addiction. It's just something I like doing, you know. But, I, you know, I like betting on things I care about, betting on things I have no interest in. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's not cocaine. Uh, you know, I don't need it in any way it comes, you know, through any method. Right. But I just like doing it. So, yeah, you can. You know, and, and when we're on the draft here, uh, both our teams, playoff teams, uh, looking kind of just retooling the same teams we had last year and then entering the season this year. What positions are you looking for the Titans to pick up in, in, in the draft? season I would have a long list of, of names that I want and and people that I have my eye on but given that the Titans actually made it to the AFC conference or the AFC championship game uh, this season I don't have a long list but I think the positions that they need to look at are corner and pass rush uh, you saw that the season ended in the AFC championship when they couldn't touch Mahomes and he had all day to, to cook and so they need to address that. And Mahomes isn't going anywhere. The Chiefs aren't going anywhere. So I look for them to address the, the corners and, and the defensive line. Logan Ryan still hasn't been re-signed. There's a hole that cornerback right now that needs to be filled. So you guys have a first rounder, second rounder, third rounder, and then nothing, no fourth, a fifth, and three sevenths. So that's an interesting little thing there. You got picks from Cleveland and Denver. Um, I'm not really sure why you got either one of those. Uh, there's no notes on the on what I've got here. I've just got the, the one get... from Denver came from uh, the Jarrell Casey trade a couple weeks ago. Okay, we talked about that on the last pod that yep. we did. Traded him. It looked like to open up cap space, but they still haven't done anything with the cap space. Yeah, everything seems. Uh, so what happens in the NFL season is everyone signs the free agents they want. No, they, I should say, they sign the free agents that they think are going to go immediately. Then you wait because you have the draft and then you get past the compensatory period. So there's a period that ends where players no longer count for or against your compensatory picks. After that period of time, they're not considered like a, uh, like a critical loss or a critical add. So, the, you know, teams will wait. You could see the Titans make a move later. Uh, no one's going to make a move with the draft this close. You may see people make trades on the day of the draft. But um, f for the most part, that's why things lock down. That's why free agency, like, frenzies for two weeks. Everyone gets who they need to get, so they fill needs and wants, and then they wait. And then they I do the draft. In regards to what you're saying, uh, I did read rumors you know, the rumors, they, that could just be reading fake news. But I did see rumors that the Titans may have something in place with Clowney, and they're waiting till after the draft to not mess with the compensatory picks that they might get from losing Jack Conklin to Cleveland. Yep, and that, and so that's what I'm talking about. Uh, Clowney um, is one, I've heard him circled to the Titans, Seattle, and uh, Cleveland. I think Cleveland would be a horrible fit. I think that locker room would tear itself apart. I think it makes a lot of sense for the Titans. Uh, you return him back to the AFC South where he was drafted. Um, Clowney, I'm really torn on Clowney. Uh, he is a player that when he gives it at all is extremely disruptive. 
but he takes plays off. I mean, that's I think that's pretty clear from watching him. Um, he, but he's an overall force. He, he's also oft injured, but he's an upgrade to whatever team gets him. Um, and you guys have cap space so that would make a lot of sense. Uh, if you could add him and then a corner, I think you do really sure up that defense uh, on the weak parts. Um, and then it'll really just be about what you get with Tannehill in year two uh, that the team comes down with. But you guys are in a pretty good spot. Uh, you need to, I would say you need some help on the offensive line. I think that needs, you're going to need some fillers there uh, and as well with corners. Yeah, I could see them targeting a, a right tackle somewhere in the second through fourth round maybe. You know, so a, a mid-round pick, I could see them picking a lineman because they do need, they need some more depth there. Uh, but corner needs to be addressed the first and foremost, I think. Well, I don't know how deep it is in corners. I know there's there's a few safeties. I think on the defensive side of the ball, uh, you're going to be looking at a lot of top-end talent, but not much behind them. Uh, there's always uh, – Bill Walsh used to say uh, when people would go and go, hey, you know, this is a weak draft, he would turn to his scouts and say, you mean you can't find me eight fucking football players? Uh, so I don't really, you know, when people go, oh, it's a week this, it's a week that, there's still players that come out of the woodwork to be good. You just got to find them. It is a crapshoot. You guys have a lot of picks. I wouldn't say a lot of picks. You have more than, you know, uh, what you're allotted. You've got more than one per round. Uh, so you, you, you'll probably pull it out. Offensive linemen, uh, corners, you can only find athletic people late in the draft. Uh, if that is all they need is like a top corner and then some interior linemen, maybe a right tackle. I, I wouldn't be shocked if you guys move back uh, with a first, what is it, a first, a third, um, a fifth, and then, uh, what is it, first, third, fifth, first, second, third, fifth, seven, seven, seven. I wouldn't be surprised if they take a first rounder in that corner like you're talking about, and then that second gets moved back, and they try to pick up maybe two th a third and a fourth for it. Um, which would that's where you're going to fill your interior line is on your third and your fourth round picks. Uh, but it will be televised, and we, everyone's going to be watching it, so their numbers are going to do in, incredible. Uh, the whole world, well, maybe not the whole world, but the whole country is going to watch that. Oh, yeah, sure. big time. Big time. Uh, for the Ravens, um, I, I'm, I don't really have too many wants. There are two things I definitely want. I want a middle linebacker that scares the piss out of people and i want a interior lineman who uh doesn't pour milk on his cereal um i want a just a grinder give me the grain guy in the middle of the line and i want a middle linebacker who a lot of people are saying patrick queen will end up um in in a ravens uniform LSU. huh lsu yeah okay and I think that uh, for me, that's what we needed. We really lacked the. We needed a linebacker to stop the run. We ran into that with our corners and safeties having to jump up and make all the tackles last year. I'm just not a fan of that. I want that linebacker roving the middle of the field. Uh, I had that for so many years growing up. The Ravens have always had that. Recently, they've kind of moved away from it. Uh, we lost Mosley, which was a big deal when the Jets overpaid him, and then he didn't play for them, basically. Uh, so we, you know, that's the thing I expect the Ravens to pick up in that first rounder is to uh, pick up a, a roving middle linebacker. And honestly, with the, the way the draft is, is laid out with wide receivers, they're probably going to pick up another. But I'm pretty happy with the Ravens lot, with the Ravens in general. Um, entire secondary is locked up. Defensive line now looks really good uh, with Calais Campbell coming in and Wolf being signed. Uh, we save. I didn't like the Brockers deal too much. He's a big guy, and it's a lot of beef. Um, but the three years scared me, so that's gone off the table. The Ravens have a really, really, really unique way of signing players and then going, ah, and then reneging on the deal. Um, they did it last two years ago to, who was the wide receiver? I want to say uh, Paul Richardson. Maybe it was him, Ryan uh, Grant. Yeah, yeah, okay. One of yeah. the, yeah. They do it. They they go up. There's something small in the medical chart I don't like. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're not going to give you all that guaranteed money, so that gets rid of that. Derek Wolf 
uh, free up spots. So for the Ravens, I'm really looking at give me some interior linemen, give me a middle linebacker. Anything else is just cake to me. So it sounds like from listening to you describe your needs, it sounds like the Ravens did a lot to bolster their run defense. Maybe getting ready to see my man Derrick Henry again. Yeah, um, I think it was the overall huge, huge downfall. I mean, uh, lack. I'll tell you what, the most really having some time to dissect it, uh, Michael Pierce, who went to the Vikings, was a disappointment. Um, he showed up fat and, and, and really overweight to the point that they were scared to even work him out um, in the offseason. Uh, he never added, you know, we have Brandon Williams, who's this huge mammoth of a man in the middle of the line. We don't need two mammoths. They're just not flexible enough. And Pierce became kind of a second mammoth. Uh, and, and because of that, anyone running to the edge of the, of the defensive line really just had pay dirt in front of him. Uh, Earl Thomas, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters are not the people you want coming up and making the tackles on the running back. That needs to be no, your... We saw what happens when Earl Thomas has to make the tackle on the running back. <laughs> yeah, it didn't work out. Um and so that's, you know, to me, I go, that was the glaring weakness. Now, the offense completely shit all over itself and exposed that part of the defense. Um, normally, the offense, uh, all year long, had one hiccup, and it was that game. But, you know, the, the way that team had a flaw and wasn't well-rounded is if the other team could j just kind of run the ball, you were at its mercy uh, because the defense can't get him off the field. And I think that's where the middle linebacker comes in. You need one tackle, you know, f four tackles on Derrick Henry in that game to stop the, oh, there's, a, you know, another eight-yard run. There's a 12-yard run. You know, someone getting up there, hitting him, making the tackle is what we need. And, uh, you know, I saw the Steelers last year. They went out and got their guy in Devin Bush who looks really, really good. I expect the Ravens I expect the Ravens to do something similar. Go up, get a thumper at middle linebacker. I think that's our biggest glaring need. You added Calais, you added Wolf. That's going to free up Judon. So from my perspective, the Ravens really only need to fix interior line, which you're going to get in your third and your fourth and your fifth rounders, which the Ravens have plenty of. Uh, and then your middle linebackers. This is a draft where I think the Ravens actually, again, could trade into a future draft or package picks for that one player they think is going to put them over the edge and move up. But that's really all I'm looking for. Yeah, I can say, I mean, with both of our teams, I think that it's just a piece or two here and there. You know, I don't think either of our teams need a major rehaul or overhaul. No, either. no. And, and, uh, you know, that, that's that's my view. I don't I don't see this. Uh, oh man, you didn't get uh, you didn't get yeah you know you got multiple things or that was a fluky year. You you've got the right building blocks now. You just need to add a little bit to it. So transitioning here, even though we might not get a full blown summer and spring is some of the oh, best. Well, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Before we get to the barbecue, I got one more NFL thing I wanted to ask you. I, I gotta ask you the pundit the the first take question. What do you think about that McCaffrey contract? Um, so here's where I'm at with it. Uh, what is Diggs making? Uh, that's a good question. Give right. me one second and I'll give you the answer. So when I look at these contracts, uh, you know, for offensive players and positioning, you want to look at, I think DeAndre Hopkins is making $14 million. Okay, so if I were to tell you right now you could have uh, Christian McCaffrey to build your offense around or DeAndre Hopkins, I'm, I'm going Hopkins, right? Um, yes, and just for the, for the facts here, it looks like he's making digs. That is, he's making about $11 million a year. Okay, so you can have digs and then... Uh, you know, you won't get a Mark Ingram for $3 million a year, but you could get a, a, a nice piece. So you could get digs and a piece for what you're getting out of Christian McCaffrey. Now, Christian McCaffrey is going to be, and they say this about a lot, Christian McCaffrey only makes this deal close to worth it if he converts to a slot wide receiver. Meaning, 
I need to see him not catch passes out of the backfield, but I need him when he's getting that, you know, up, you know, you're out for a play. No, you're back on the field and now you're a wide receiver. You're a Wes Welker. You're a Julian Edelman. That becomes your role. That's the only way you're worth $14 million as a running back is if you're going to do 1,000 snaps and you're going to catch, uh, you know, 80 to 100 balls, but not just out of the backfield. I need you in multiple positions. I need you to be garnering headspace in a defense. Uh, Stefan Diggs is going to get... Uh, an occasional double team to his side, especially on the Bills. There's, you know, they do have John Brown who's going to stretch the field. Um, I'm a little worried that they, they do not. Well, I'm not a little worried. I know for a fact they don't have the right quarterback there to make that team successful u- utilizing Diggs. And if he thought that Kirk Cousins was annoying, he's going to want to blow his brains out dealing with Josh Allen, uh, who was the most inaccurate quarterback throwing downfield last year but still improved from the year prior. So he went from being abysmal to abysmal, but now 32 out of 32 quarterbacks. Uh, so Josh Allen is going to hold them back, uh, On the, speaking of like Stefan Diggs. But when you talk about value, who would you rather have on the Titans right now, Stefan Diggs or Christian McCaffrey? Me personally, as a Titans fan, I would rather have Diggs. Well, let, let me, if we, we walk through all the teams in the playoffs, the Patriots would probably rather have Diggs. Uh, the Ravens would rather have Diggs. The Titans would rather have Diggs. Uh, the Kansas City might be the only one that may want to have uh, Christian. No, no, there's no way. In that offense, they'd 100% want Diggs. Uh, the Green Bay Packers would want Diggs. The Vikings would want Diggs. So when you look at the, you know, the eight playoff teams, you're going to end up going, uh, or 12 playoff teams, you're going to end up going, almost every single one of them would have taken the 11 million digs deal over the Christian McCaffrey 14. And I think that's all you need to know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I'm not in the camp of don't pay running backs at all, but I don't know if I'm paying 14, 15 million a year for McCaffrey, you know, McCaffrey, McCaffrey's production is insane on paper, but if, I'm paying you that much money. I need that to convert into wins. And I don't see any evidence that his production converts to wins. So I don't think I'd be too cool with paying that amount of money. So my biggest thing when I look at how much contracts, uh, what contracts do, what I really look for is headspace. How much time is the defense going to have to spend uh, planning against you? And then on the second phase of that, how much of that planning as a player can you just overcome? Right? So, if uh, Stefan Diggs, if I create a, a defense to take away Diggs, do I need to use one player to do that? Or do I need to use two? Do I need to shift my scheme as an offense? What else do I have behind me that I can still then take advantage of you, you know, manipulating your defense? With Christian McCaffrey, and the problem with the running back is most of the assignments already cover him. And that's why I think moving him into a slot receiver makes it a little interesting. You line him up in the backfield, Hut, he moves up and moves onto the line to now go out for a pass. Okay, now as a defense, I'm adjusting, right? And that's why I go, the only way he's worth it is if he starts playing wide receiver and he's out there every single play. And you don't know if he's going to be a wide receiver or if he's going to be a running back. And when he lines up, and that's, you know, when you put your package in. And that gives him more flexibility and more headspace. And I will pay for that. But if next year he comes out and he lines up in the backfield the entire time and he doesn't take, you know, 50, I would say, how many a year? 75 to 80 snaps from a, a wide receiver position. That at the end of the day, he's just another running back. And yes, he's talented, but man, you. $10 million for a running back to me is a little rich. That's basically the difference between getting a, gr- a really good right guard and having Stefan Diggs. So. Yeah, okay. I'm with you. I needed to hear your opinion on that. The Titans are going to have to pay Derrick Henry soon. See, my thing with, with the running back thing in regards to Derrick Henry is that using the same logic that I need to see your production turn into wins if I'm going to pay you that much money, I have seen Derrick Henry's production turn into wins. And so that's where it has me stuck. Like, he's not as versatile as McCaffrey. He's not going to have the same fantasy football numbers. You 
Nope. The numbers aren't as eye-popping, but I've seen Derrick Henry, his production directly turn into wins. So that makes me wonder, like, how much does he deserve? Yeah, I would say this, that you've seen him turn it really into wins for one season and a strong run, no doubt, championship game. Uh, we need to see how it continues, and that's why they franchise tagged him. Because <laughs> they they literally think the same thing. They went, we're going to sign Tannehill, to which really is a two-and-a-half-year deal, and they're going to franchise tag Henry. And they'd much rather franchise tag Henry for, what, $16 million? Then, uh, and they still have cap space, then go, hey, here's three years, third, here's three years, 38, and 30 of it guaranteed. Because he is one injury away. And it's not like a wide receiver where you go, well, they'll come back and still be productive. And that's why I say Christian McCaffrey, he needs to be able to catch passes. For uh, someone like Henry and the style he runs, such a downhill way, I think franchise tagging him is the only way to go. And next year, when it comes up, see what he does. Because here's the thing, if you guys make the playoffs again and it's on Derrick Henry's back, he's probably going to demand a three-year deal with, with about $36 million and deservedly you're going to pay him. Uh, but next year, if you guys come up and you fall short of the playoffs, so you get bounced in round one and it becomes more of a Ryan Tannehill show and people go, you know what, we're just going to completely key on stopping Derrick Henry. Where I think a lot of teams said, well, if Derrick Henry can't beat us, we're going to key on Tannehill. And you, the stats kind of back that up. Uh, and Derrick Henry beat you. I think the flip side, people are going to, ah, you know what? It's Ryan Tannehill. Let's let Ryan Tannehill beat us. And let's stop Derrick Henry. Um, and and I, I think that's that's what we need to see. And I think the one-year deal makes a ton of sense for Derrick Henry. Um, and if, if, if you have another run, guess what? Derrick Henry, that franchise tag. And look, he's not upset making $16 million guaranteed on a franchise tag. Like I said, Christian McCaffrey is going to make 14 two less. So Derrick Henry at $16 million, um, for a year to see what happens next year is well, is, is well worth it to me for what he means to that team specifically. I think as a general rule of thumb, and you have to be able to break your rules, uh, you, you, you don't sign a running back to a four-year, $14 million guaranteed a year deal, uh, almost under any circumstance. So that's... Yeah, I'm with you. I needed your opinion on that. I've been, as a fan, you know, you're kind of, you put the goggles on. And I, I just, I, I haven't been able to decide what I would want. You know, as a fan of the team, as a fan of Derrick Henry, I want him to get his money, you know, as much guaranteed as he can, all that, blah, blah, blah. But as a fan of the team, it's like, oof, you know, that, that could fuck some things up in the future if they give him too much and he falls off. And that's where I think the one-year deals make sense. <laughs> yeah, right. we'll pay you a lot this year, but we're not tied to you next year, right? Uh, like, for a running back, I almost feel like that's how it has to be. Uh, you know, unless we see some kind of development, right? So, uh, uh, not to belabor the point, but um, everything evolves in the NFL. People do more. They become more. Tight ends used to be blockers. Now they're catchers. Wide receivers used to just run straight. Now they have multiple pass routes you know we've added in options running backs have kind of been running backs forever and i'm waiting for the point where they go no now you're a wide receiver now you're julian edelman now you're wes welker now you can line up in the slot you know you're that person you're a willie sneed you can get out there and run some short routes when we need you to you know because when i look at christian mccaffrey saints do with kamara kamara yes now kamara fell off the wagon pretty hard last year uh with without that that pace setter so that's going to be interesting to see but that's what you need to develop into you have to be the slot receiver as well as a running back so moving on from football and talking about what we you know i've actually just had a cookout the other week with a uh, my cousin who lives next door to me um yeah on to the important stuff yeah the top five barbecues so the way we're going to set this up uh, I'll, I'll let you explain how you came about your list. You give me your top five. I'll give you, then I'll give you my top five. We'll go one by one, starting at five, working your way up. So okay. why don't you go ahead and set the table for what your top five is? All right, so this is my number five spot? Yeah, how did you come up with your list first? Uh, well, my list, uh, very simple. I didn't, I didn't want to complicate things too much. My list is basically uh, my top five items 
that I will get if I'm going to get some barbecue or the top five items that I will be cooking at my house if I'm going to throw the barbecue. So uh, essential items if barbecue is what I'm in the mood for. Okay. All right. Uh, So my number five spot, uh, I went with barbecue chicken. Chicken isn't really, uh, you know, it's. I don't think it's a staple in, in barbecue. I feel like the the beef gets more of the shine. Uh, but a good barbecue chicken with some barbecue sauce, that'll normally get the job done for me. So I, I had to make sure it got my last spot. Barbecue chicken number five. Okay. I have no problem with that. Now, um, I'll give you a little teaser. Uh, barbecue chicken, skin on or skin off? Skin on. Skin on. Skin's got to be on. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, am I running through mine? Yeah, go through your whole... Yeah, we'll go through the whole thing. You'll do yours, and I'll do mine. Okay, so I got barbecue chicken at number five. At number four, I got sausage. Okay. Some smoked sausage. I like... I'm I'm a big fan of, you know, uh, different kinds of sausage. I like smoked. I like uh, kielbasa. You know, I, I like a bunch of different kinds of of meat so the sausage that's a staple for me personally i like throwing it in a bun almost like a hot dog and eating it like that um so that that got my number four spot underrated range on sausage underrated range you don't need you know sausage it's got the apple cut up inside like there's so much so much much. hot regular beer like there's just Sausage is so underrated. You know, we eat it for breakfast, but we don't look at that sausage the same as you know a hot dogs like a hot dogs like a, a, a sea version of a sausage. You know, a sausage is it's got some pal to it. A hot dogs, you know, I'm not I'm, first of all, I'm not going to knock a hot dog at a barbecue. Okay, there's something really really religious about a hot dog at a sporting event, um, but the sausage. You can go hot, and you get them, and you're like, you don't need to add anything to them. You can stack them up. They hold up well with a ton of ingredients. I think a lot of people sleep on the sausage, so I appreciate seeing that on your list. Yep, people sleep on sausage. Make sure that that was in my top five because I love it. Um, Number three, my number three spot, a side actually, a side item actually snuck into the top three. I need cornbread, man. I need cornbread. Cornbread, okay. I need cornbread if I'm having barbecue. If I'm having barbecue and I don't have cornbread, then that's a problem. Problem. Something's missing from my barbecue experience. So, very important to me. It's got to be, it can't be too dry, though. You know, it's got to be that nice cornbread. It's got a little moisture on it. Dry cornbread's a sin. And uh, one of the reasons it actually didn't make my list was because, uh, how do I put this? I normally do not attend a barbecue with the right cultural appropriation to get <laughs> cornbread right. Um, and it's just a fact. Uh, you, 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 it's, you could get the right cornbread? Yeah, I don't want like a Stouffer's cornbread that you put in the oven. I know people go, oh, it's, I'm like, I just, you know, some people make cornbread and you eat it and you're like, this is legit. You go to a barbecue place, right? And cornbread's like, they act like cornbreads like the French fry. They're like, well, the sandwich comes with cornbread, and you're like, okay, okay, uh, and it's real good and it's moist and it's juicy. And then you go to some, and they're like, oh, I just took the Stouffer's corn cornbread or whatever and put it in the oven, and it's dried out. And I, you take a bite of it, and it's a hot day, and I'm like, I don't want to fight this food, you know? I don't want to, I don't want to have to pour beer in my mouth to get it down. I, I don't want to deal with that. So I. I took it out because of my experience, but you are correct. That, that is, if, if done. I feel like I judge the, the establishments that I go to that have barbecue. I'm judging you on your cornbread. 100%. If your cornbread's good, I know I can trust you. Correct. As a matter of fact, I might take a bite out of the cornbread before I start the actual <laughs> yeah. just to see what I'm getting into. Yep, I agree. I think that's correct. I think that's right. All right, my number two, I went with brisket. <sighs> Brisket's incredible. Brisket is, man, and I feel like I, I really just started learning about brisket in the last couple of years. Like, I definitely didn't have brisket a lot growing up. Like, yeah. My dad wasn't whipping up the brisket on the grill. Um, so in the last few years, I've been trying to eat a little more barbecue and brisket. Man. And there's How, how do you feel about brisket? So is this, that your shit? So brisket's got two types. You've got the fatty slice, 
right, which is, uh, I don't know, it's called like the top of it. Um, and then you've got okay. kind of all of this succulent, uh, all of the succulent, like, uh, really delicious pork that you, you, the fat just runs into it. And, and for me, there might not be a better one bite meat, meaning if that's hot and he just cuts it, it may be the best cut. Like, you know, it's perfectly hot. The fat is at that liquid state that all it really needs is a little coaxing yeah. and it turns into, like, a butter. And, Let and, me cut you off and tell you a story real quick. Go for it. Say that. So the whole reason that I even started getting brisket a little more often was because I went to this hole-in-the-wall barbecue spot somewhere in the middle of Tampa. And right when I walked in, before I go to set my order the dude at the the dude in the kitchen he's cutting up a brisket that just came out and he looks at me and he's like hey man it's fresh out do you want a bite like do you want to try it <laughs> and i looked at him and i'm like yeah like i can see it smoking i see how juicy it is like yeah i want a bite and he hands me the first cut off of that brisket and that might have been the the number one barbecue moment for me in my life it's basically fat butter oh my god it was good yeah and you're like, okay, I'll take a whole pound of that. Right. After that, I changed my order. I said, no, I need that. <laughs> I need like, that. Hold whatever it was that I was going to order. I need that. Cut that up for me right now, please. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't agree more with the brisket. Uh, and then the last spot for me is a classic, really. You can't go wrong. Ribs, I don't care what form. I don't care if it's, you know, if it's baby back. I don't care if it's spare. I, I don't care. Give me some ribs, dry rub preferably. I will take them wet, but I would prefer dry rub. Those have been, that's what I associate barbecue with. Like if you say, hey, what do you think of when you think of barbecue? Ribs are popping up in my head immediately. I'll spoil part of my list. That is my one seat as well. Uh, I think the most quintessential meat to barbecue is a steak, uh, not a steak, is ribs. Uh, I, I think there's nothing better than I do them myself. I cook them for eight hours slowly in the oven at like 125. And then I, I, I cool them, let the fat recongeal. Then I cut those bad boys up into like fours, hit them on a hot, hot grill, serve them out. Ribs are my one seat as well. Cannot argue with it. If I show up to your barbecue and you don't have ribs, it I, I instantly judge you. You should be. You should be judged. Um, and I understand a lot of people go, oh, they're a lot of work. I said, well, it's a barbecue. I know it's easy to throw a bunch of real thin burgers and hot dogs on the grill with some cheese and go, this is our barbecue. Uh, but this is no, that's not a barbecue. That's a cafeteria lunch that you're having outside. Um, and you need to step it up. If ribs aren't on your menu for your barbecue, it's not a barbecue. No, I got to have Gotta have, gotta ribs. have ribs. And honorable mention, since it's a condiment, I didn't really want it on my list, but I need barbecue sauce. Yep. Like, I need a cup of it on the side of whatever. I need that. What's your favorite barbecue sauce? Uh, and and let's say generic barbecue, right? You go to the grocery store, you pick up what bottle? Normally, I'm looking for something that's a little spicy. So if there's something that says like Sweet Carolina Heat okay. or Sweet and Spicy, you know, I'm looking for some spicy. Okay. I go with the Sweet Baby Rays, and I'll take any variation of that. Oh, that's, Sweet Baby Rays. That's that's automatic. Uh, I have some in my fridge right yeah, now. Everyone does. That blew up like five, seven years ago. It's everywhere now. That shit is delicious. Oh, yeah. I need that. I keep that in my fridge. If I don't have Sweet Baby Rays in my house, that means it's time to go grocery shopping. So, time to go grocery shopping. I agree with you. All right. Um, hot sauce. Those are those are always present. I've got like seven hot sauces now. Now I'm starting to collect them. I'm like, you know, there's a hot sauce for everything. I remember thinking like you put one hot sauce on everything, and now I'm like, no, there's like nine hot sauces. Um, so That's a little off subject. But go for it. In my quarantine boredom, I've started watching Hot Ones interviews. Okay. Yeah. And it's making me want to branch out my hot sauce a little bit. I do. I tell you, you should. Uh, I started to like two years ago. Um, you know, I had some of the basics. I had either like a Sriracha, Texas Pete, uh, you know, some of those, uh, the Louisiana hot sauce. Um, what's the other one? Tabasco. You know, I had the basics that, you know, run the ball, play defense hot sauces. 
But then right. you start to get into like the mango habaneros, and there's like 20 different types. You find the right one with that sweetness and that spicy. And you end up throwing some out. I'm not going to lie. I've got like three in my fridge that I look at and I go, y'all never touch you again. Um, <laughs> but but you, you've got to learn. And it's not because they're too spicy. Some of them just suck. They just don't taste good, you know. But right. I would say that every like third time you go, pick up a different one um, and, and just try it. Because uh, I think some things go better on some foods than other also. I used to not believe that at all. Like Chalua, I put that anything I have that's going to be, um, you know, like a, a Hispanic meal, go, I go with oh, the Chalua. Yeah. And, and then I go, if anything, I'm going to have that's like an Asian twist to it. That's going to have like my sriracha, like that pepper just works with it. And then, you know, anything I have that's like a barbecue, I'm going like a Texas Pete or a, um, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Tabasco, just something kind of vinegar based that, that can go on. So I, I really, I got to recommend you branching out. I did that. I bought like a six different bottles online and I was like, all right. And, and like I said, three of them are just chilling. They're going to go on the trash can, but three of them were good. All right, I'm going to make sure that I start branching out. By the time we do the next episode, I will have tried a couple of different ones because I'll buy different brands of hot sauce, but I don't really branch out too much with the type. Yeah, I, I tell you, just give it a try. You know, worst case, you spend $4 and you're like, all right, that sucked. You know, it's worth it. Yep. All right, so here's my five, all right? And, and let me tell you my philosophy. My philosophy for my barbecue items were this. I walk in. I see these things. I know for a fact I'm good where I'm at. I'm going to get drunk here. Probably going to make some new friends. Probably going to make a little bit of a fool of myself. But I know I'm going to leave there real drunk and real full. I'm even going to try to sneak a plate out. Okay? Like, I'm This is. I'm going in. I see these things. I'm all on board. My number one. I mean, not my number one. My number one's ribs, obviously. My number five. Okay? It's, it's a side. It's watermelon, okay? And on a hot day, if I walk in and I see the – and here's the other thing. I don't want to see the watermelon sitting in the sun. I'm not on board with that. Do not give me a hot watermelon. I want that room temperature, that 70-degree watermelon that you cut up, you maybe put outside under a tent because when it's real hot out, that's just so perfect for me. You know, that's what I'm starting with. I'm going to ease my way in. I need that I need that crispness. I need that freshness. I need that I need that water. I'm going to get it some way. I, I got to see the watermelon out. Got to see it cut up. I normally like walking in. I normally show up a little early to things. I like to see it on the counter getting ready to be cut. I instantly start rubbing my hands together. Um, All right, let me stop you there. Yep. How do you feel about the loaded watermelons? Are you on board with filling your watermelon with vodka, or do you want your if you have both, I'm in for both. But you better have slices. You better have wedges of it that I can just pop into my mouth. I will eat a whole watermelon in the summer. On I'll I'll get like two watermelons a week and just eat them. Um, I I love it. The fr the freshness of it. There's something about a you know it's 85 to 90 degrees out. That watermelon just pops. So that that's my five. If I walk in, I see watermelon. I'm a happy boy. Uh, yeah. Okay. I like that one actually. I didn't even consider watermelon. It's just, you know, I think I'm in the right place if I see that. The, my number four, chicken with the skin on. This can be a drum. This can be a thigh. This can be a breast. Uh, but but it, the skin's got to be on. If you're, if you're putting chicken on a fire, it's got to have a skin on. The skin is like a whole other. It's like two foods in one. And I know. Uh, I was confused when you asked me skin on or off. I didn't even know off was an option. Like, uh, no, we get skinned. And here's the thing: you don't have to slather it in barbecue. You can do a Peruvian style. You know, I don't care what you put on it. You want to teriyaki it, but if you don't have the skin on, again, I go to the cafeteria, right? I walk in. There's a barbecue. There's a you know a piece of chicken that looks like it's been grilled. It's covered in barbecue. It's a thin sliced breast. Um, no skin on it. That's like what I got in the cafeteria. I don't need to come over your house to get that. All right? I, I want the skin on. I want to see that you knew what you were doing. Um, and like I said, these are like visual cues. I'm like, okay, I, I'm with the right people are here. The right food is here. Okay, so skin on chicken. Don't care how you prepare it. Uh, my number three. This goes with the whole like, uh, 
Yeah, I got to see mac and cheese. I got to see like a nice bin of mac and cheese. And again, I don't want Stouffer's. I want you to, it's easy. You cook noodles, you put them in with hot cheese, you mix it up, you put some breadcrumbs on top, put it back in the oven for like five minutes. Perfect. Uh, Ariel, my girlfriend, makes it all the time when we go to barbecues. It's phenomenal. But I got to have mac and cheese. It's that stick to your ribs mac and cheese. And I don't want Stouffer's. I know people go Stouffer's is fine. And I hate to shit on Stouffer's. Stouffer's is perfectly fine if you're sitting yeah, at home no, by yourself. Fine. We, I don't want that either. Okay. I agree with you. Get it out of here. I don't want that. I want you to put a little time into it. Give me some mac and cheese. My number two is. Oh, well, hold on. Go I ahead. Go ahead. Are you on the mac? Yeah. Creamy or baked? I I would prefer baked. Okay. All right. Because I want a little more crispness with it. You know, I think the theme here is it's that crispness. It tells you it's fresh, right? Like creamy is cool, but, you know, with the watermelon, you get that that, that, that crisp, that crunch, that uh, the, 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 the chicken with the skin on it's that crunch, right? It's that crispiness. There's something to it. The, the noodles are already creamy. Noodles are already creamy. You know, they're, they're, they're soft. The cheese is already soft. You gotta have some crunch to it. You gotta bake that thing. You know, I, that's just how I like it. I, I'm not saying the other way is not good, but that's it's not making my list. Yours got a nice little crumble on the top. You know, I'm in. I like the baked macaroni as well, but I feel like that's also easier to mess up. Bingo. <laughs> you know, it a hundred percent. So I'm not faulting you if you have. Oh, I made mac and cheese. Not faulting. But if you go, I baked mac and cheese, I go, okay. Uh, uh, all right, then. I'm, I'm going to make sure that I visit yeah. your, your Tupperware. Your Tupperware, exactly. I'm taking a plate home. Like these are, If these things are there, I'm taking a plate home. Okay, no matter. This is so good. I'm going right up to whoever's mom or dad cooked it, and I'm, I'm buddying up. Oh, this is so good. This is delicious. And I'm going to wait for them to be like, oh, you got to take a plate home. And I'm going to go, you're damn right I'm taking a plate home. You know what? I do. I right. do need a plate, you know, so I'm, I'm lining up with that. My number two, okay, this is, I'm going to say, pink beef. And what I mean is, I don't want to see every single burger cooked to the point that it's just a, you know, a hard cafeteria patty. I'm going to keep going back to this. I expect the meat, if you're cooking steaks, better be pink in them. If you're cooking burgers, better be pinking them. I am not playing this. I cook this all the way through because some people don't eat pink. If you don't eat pink in your meat, I expect you to come up to the chef and say, please cook one really well done. That's what I expect. I, 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 I look at it like a vegan, and I'm not saying that I won't accommodate you. I'm saying that you aren't eating it right, and if you want something different than it cooked correctly, you got to tell me. So I show up to a barbecue, and all your burgers are cooked all the way through, brown, you know, brown meat, gray meat. I, I'm going to knock your points. doesn't mean I'm not going to have a good time. But if I come up and the burgers look like someone hand put them together, where are we? You know, if you're doing steak like a steak cookout, and, and you've got those little skirt steaks on there, and they're all gray, that's fine. But if I show up, and you're doing some, and you're cooking them fast and hot so the middle stays a little pink, again, I'm probably going to see that, turn around, chug my beer, go grab another beer. I'm, 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 I'm going to level up. That, that's, that's where I sit on that. Pink meat. I'm with you. I'm with you almost all the way, 100%. But I don't want too much pink in my burger. No. Uh, with the steak or, you know, with, with other kinds of beef, yeah, I want some pink. I want maybe a little blood, you know. But my burger, I don't want it bleeding too much. And, and look, I'm not asking for a ton of pink. But if you cook the whole thing through, my preference is I can kind of get that anywhere. I'm at a barbecue. You know, when I'm cooking at a barbecue, honestly, I cook a lot. I cook meat a lot. You can find me at the grill with multiple beers empty next to me, and I'm just putzing along, talking to a couple people, smoking a little bit, and I'm just cooking meats. And I'm in my zone. And people, you know, this is great. This is cooked perfect. Oh, this is cooked. You know, you want this cooked a little more? That's fine. I'll throw it back on, my, on the grill. 
I just want to go where the cook is enjoying themselves and and knows when to pull that meat off. Okay, I respect that. And then my number one seed is ribs. Uh, obviously, I, it's probably my the thing I cook best. Um, I I've got a recipe. I've got a I've got a strategy for a dry rub and a wet. Um, and and it's simple. Meat's real simple. You throw it on that hot grill. If you don't have ribs at your barbecue, and and it it speaks to some of the barbecues I go to. Oh, I got you know thirty Bubba burgers and a bunch of hot dogs and then some chicken breasts. And I'm like. Yeah, that's fine. You know, we're just cooking outside. I don't really, you know, know if it consists of a barbecue at that point. You're just, you know, you're cooking outside. You're just having fun with your friends. Right. You know, but I look at a barbecue to have some soul to it. Uh, A barbecue needs to have some soul to it. A couple people should probably be getting a little in over their head. Uh, And I don't think that happens if you just throw on some, you know, gray burgers and some hot dogs. So you got to have a critical underrated piece and it's got nothing to do with food. But if I'm at a barbecue, who's ever on DJ needs to be doing their job, their job. Correct. Correct. I don't want to hear what you like. I want to hear what we all like. And there's a good range of songs that everyone can get into there. There really is like, uh, and it varies. You know, sometimes you show up to a barbecue, uh, you know, it's your uncles, right? Okay. And they're, they're playing some of their oldies. And that's fine. There are plenty of oldies that we can all get down to. Same with like today. I don't want the 13-year-old taking over the speaker. I've got no interest in the two years that they've been able to figure out how to find their own music (laughs) to listen to whatever they've come across. I just don't. So, uh, you know, they got to be on their point. Uh, there's got to be plenty of spots. There's got to be plenty of shade, too. Like, it's got to be plenty of open sun, and it's got to be some spots for after I've eaten a little too much and drank a little too much, I need to cool down not in the sun. And the tune's got to be right, or I can't get comfy. Right. Okay, I'm with you. I actually have a surprise curveball question for you. I didn't prep you for this, but Go I've been thinking about it. So we did top barbecue foods, right? But let's say, hypothetically, you're going to the grocery store uh, before you're heading to said barbecue and you were asked to pick up a case of beer what are your top two beers that you're bringing to the cookout okay top two because let's say you, you go for your first option is sold out let's say it's fourth of july your, your top option's not there so i want your top two so um there are two beers i've kind of settled into recently modello oh yes yes that's on my top two as well Modelo, and I'll tell you the other one for out outside sun drinking. It's Land Shark. I have been it, easy drink. It's made by Jimmy Buffett, uh, so it's just an easy drinking summer beer. Um, I'm going for Modelo first, though. If they don't have Modelo, I'm just gonna get the Land Shark. Um, and if they don't have those two, I'm probably just gonna get something real basic, like uh, some college beer. I'm gonna grab a Natty Light or a Bud Light, just something basic, but. I'm going. I'm going Modelo, and and they're normally never sold out. I normally can sneak that in. All right. Now with your Modelos, do you want the Modelo Especial or do you want the Modelo Negras? Especial. So do you want the dark one or you want the? Uh, the Give me that light beer. Okay. Yep. How about you? Uh, I gotta say the Modelo. That's a staple. That that one is probably the first choice. Like if if I'm going to a function with a bunch of people and I don't really know their taste, you know, I'm probably gonna grab a Modelo because they're easy to drink. Like you were saying with the Land Sharks, there's you can't complain if I hand you a Modelo. Like this isn't too strong. It doesn't taste bad. None of that. I'll probably give it to you with a lime. Yep. There should be no complaints. Uh, the second, my second option, and you know that I like this beer because we've spoken about it recently, but if I'm trying to get the, the, the party a little saucy, I might grab the pack of High Lives. High Lives, yeah. People don't like IPAs. Well, not everyone likes IPAs, and honestly, I don't even like IPAs that much, to be honest, but I feel like you drink two or three of those High Lives, at least me. I'm not, you know, I'm not a heavy, heavy drinker, but I drink, you know, by that third High Life, I'm feeling right. So it, it depends on what my intentions are, I guess. I'm either bringing the Modellos or the Highlights. 
I'll tell you what, the highlight, uh, we went down to, what is that, Cigar City? Is that, the, is that who yeah. makes that? Yeah. We went down there and got it fresh poured. It's an incredible, I'm not an IPA fan, uh, but it's an incredible beer. Especially when we were talking about outside in the summer. Uh, oh, yeah. It's got the perfect amount of citrus. I mean, they really hit it out of the park with that beer. There are some beers where you're like, that kind of transcends the whole, like, oh, I don't, you know, oh, I don't drink that kind of beer. You're like, well, you'll drink this because it's just good. And the thing with those IPAs like that is you only need like three to get yourself where then you're just maintaining for a bit. You're like, okay, I've had three. It's been an hour. It's been like an hour. I kind of need to flip to that Modelo to kind of cr- crutch my way around. You know, yeah, that's a good pick. The highlight is a, a huge one. Uh, I drink a lot of, uh, um, I'd say, higher percentage. I like the triples. Uh, and, and that kind of beer, which normally is higher, but you can't really drink them outside because you just end up sweating. <laughs> you just end up right, sweating. Right. Those highlights, man, in this Florida heat, there'll be times where I'll do yard work. You know, I'm outside maybe two hours on a Sunday or a Saturday morning, and I'll pour that fresh highlight, man. There's nothing. There's, there's a very short list of things I would rather have than that beer on a sunny, hot day. Well, I think we might have to do a top five beer list next, uh, and, and we'll toss around some ideas for our next pod. Uh, but I think that about wraps up today's agenda. You got anything? Got any parting words? No, I am stuck in my house. I am not doing anything that's interesting right now. But if that changes by the next pod, hopefully I'll have something more productive to give you. But I haven't been doing shit, honestly. I've been laying around. Today I actually was I spent some time watching the 1992 finals. If that tells you how bored I've been, yeah, been hey. trying to watch MJ like and watch the full game instead of just watching the clips, so I could you know like really see how he Get was into getting low. At Jordan dot comes out Sunday first part. You excited? I am excited. I I've been waiting on that doc. They announced that years ago. So I know. I've been a long time for this. So. I'm excited. I don't really know what to expect, you know, like I don't know if they're just going to try to paint everything in a pretty light because it's MJ, you know, or if they're really going to get into shit. But I'm excited regardless. It's stuff that I haven't seen and I need some kind of sports content to scratch that itch right now, so I'll take it. Hey, I'm in too. Maybe we'll discuss that next week. Well, I appreciate you having, uh, getting you on here. Uh, We'll Maybe try to link up later in the week or early next week again. Uh, you can find him on Sauce Castillo Jr. Uh, on Twitter. We're going to be coming out with content. Uh, try to give you something every week just to everyone's inside. You got nothing better to do. You may as well listen. Uh, thanks to everyone for tuning in. This is Pick and Play Podcast. Uh, you can find me, Pick and Play 37, on Twitter. All right, man. See you later. Take care.